0: or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Bellara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today, I'm here with Chris Larson. Chris is the founder and principal of Next Level Income. He's been investing in managing real estate for over 20 years, uh, started out as a college student. So, Chris, let me first start by saying thank you so much for coming on the show today. I, I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Awesome. Well, why don't we just start, let's let's let you uh, kind of tell people your story, um, tell us your background. I know I mentioned there that uh, you started in college. So it's clearly, uh, I'm sure you've got a lot of experience to share with our listeners. So so please start, start wherever you like, but, but let us hear a bit about your background.
1: Yeah, no, thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. And yeah, actually, I was, uh, I was rooming with uh, two veterinary students at the time when I bought that first property, as we were talking about okay. a little bit before the show. Um, yeah, I went to Virginia Tech, I went to school for engineering, but my true passion at the time was, was racing bicycles. And so I was riding my bike as much as I could going to class in between, uh, training. And that was really, that was really my passion. That's what I wanted to do. And what my focus was, my plan was to get, get my degree, get a decent degree. Figured engineering was, was something that could give me a good base. And then I was going to go pro. And then I was going to figure out what I wanted to do after that. And unfortunately, uh, during, during that process, uh, my actually in between my freshman, my sophomore year of college, my best friend, my roommate, my training partner passed away. And it really, it, um, it kind of gave me pause. It made me think about what I was doing in life and me think about my why. And it made me realize that I was meant to do more and I didn't want to have any regrets. I, I figured that kind of riding around in a circle on a bike wasn't really what I was meant to do. And, you know, part of the other problem or challenge at that time was there are a lot of drugs in, in the sport. Um, I mean, look, there's a lot of, there's a lot of issues with a lot of sports that are out there. I mean, and whether you're talking about business, you're talking about cycling, you're talking about, you know, even high school sports. Now, you know, there's people that are going to do things. We've we've seen the college cheating scandal here, you know, in the past year, people are going to do things, right. They're going to do things that they're not supposed to be, but that took, that took the wind out of my sails, um, and I had this revelation where I realized that, listen, I don't want to have any regrets. I want to be able to do what I want when I want to do it with my life. And whether we like to admit it or talk about it, which I'm sure if you're listening here today, you kind of get it already, but you need money to do that. You need money to be able to achieve your true potential, your full potential in this life in a lot of cases. So I I read over 250 books on money, investing, um, stock market, business, real estate, all sorts of different things. And after day trading for about a year and and doing quite well at times, I realized that the stress wasn't really how I wanted to spend my life. That wasn't really truly investing. I settled on real estate, bought that first property at 21 and really, really started growing a single family portfolio that I managed myself for the next uh, 10 plus years, almost 15 years. And then about 10 years ago, we started selling off those um, properties and ultimately invested everything in commercial real estate, which is what we
0: focus on now awesome awesome well it, yeah we could probably do a whole podcast on uh, what people will do in the in I guess maybe not just sporting but uh to get ahead essentially the you yeah. know what, what people will do to get ahead in, in uh, whether there are long-term repercussions or not um yeah that's that's an entirely different <laughs> maybe topic for another day maybe but but regardless, I mean, I think you know, starting uh, starting your investing journey in college is, you know, a lot of people don't do that. They don't know what they want to do at that point. They don't necessarily have the wherewithal to even consider that they're going to look at this from a, a bigger picture, right? They're like, yeah. like you said, you're cycling, you're you're trying to get a job. Um, although engineering yeah. is pretty high achieving, just to get a job. So, um, what? outside of that sort of tragedy, tragedy in your life, what things sort of sent you in that direction? I mean, I, I, I don't imagine losing your friend I'm sorry for that by the way, but, but I don't imagine that was, you know, sort of the one impetus to say, okay, now I, now I'm going to shift into investing. What, what other things kind of hit you around that time?
1: Yeah. So that's a good question. Um, And look, by the way, I talk about this whole story in my book, which you can get at our website, nextlevelincome.com. You put your address in, I'll send you a copy. But yeah, there was a confluence of events, Jason. And sometimes it's, you know, it's kind of like those underlying events. And then what is that thing that kind of pushes you over the edge? So for me, that was the death of my friend. But what was kind of building up to that point was that I was racing my bike, cyclist, even if you go pro, you don't make a lot of money. So it's like, okay, I want to race my bike, but I don't want to be a pauper. So I always had kind of this entrepreneurial streak. I was, I mowed lawns. I, um, did kind of like yard service. Um, I don't know if you can hear my security system here in the background, but, um, yeah, I had a paper route, which, uh, at the time I had a yellow lab. Now I have a Vishla who's who some of you might've heard in the background here, but, um, yeah, my lab would run around with me on my paper route in the afternoons after school. Um, I emptied the trash for our, our local community beach, which I'll tell you what, um, if you want to be humbled, empty trash in the summer after people have thrown diapers and meat that's covered in maggots. And it really teaches you you what you do and don't want to do in life. I also worked for my stepfather. My father passed away when I was young and my stepfather was a contractor and I'd be shoveling shingles in July on on a hot roof. I'd be laying floor and digging ditches and all kinds of stuff. So I realized that that wasn't really the life for me my parents also had some real estate. They had a few properties that they managed. So I knew that that was an option that was out there. And I also had a family friend that introduced me to investing. He gave me a money magazine and it had this picture of a curve, a compounding um, growth curve of what would happen if you invested in the stock market. And it was kind of like magic to me at the time. I looked at it and I was like, well, wow, this is crazy. Like, it's just It's just math. And I was always pretty good at math. So I just looked at that and I thought, okay, I got to figure out how to do this. And as you started down that path and started reading these different articles and you know, these different stories, I'm in the Barnes and Noble one day and this guy turns to me and he said, Hey, are you looking for a book to read? I was in the business and finance section. He handed me rich dad, poor dad. Right. And I was very young at the time. I was probably 20 and it just come out. It just come out. And he worked for a multi-level marketing company, which Robert Kiyosaki did a really good job marketing um, to multi-level marketing companies with his book. And read that book and I was like, Oh, I get it. Like you want to be a business owner. You want to be an investor. So in my mind, Jason, I said, I don't want to be a professional. I want to be an investor. And now that I'm no longer in the medical device industry where I spent 18 years, which is how I kind of created capital to invest. People ask me and they say, well, Chris, when did you decide to invest in real estate? Or when did you decide to do real estate instead of being in the medical device industry? And the answer I always tell them is that well, the only reason I got into the medical device industry was because I needed capital to continue down the investing path.
0: Right. That's a, I mean, a great point. It comes up a lot and it's, it's something that, uh, you know, there's a lot of things in the real estate world, you know, sayings that people will put out there or, or even just, um, I don't know if it's even a saying, but they're like, oh yeah, you can, you can invest with, with no money, right. That, that you don't need money to invest. And I, I think that's extremely misleading, you need, you need money to invest. Now you can invest your time, you can invite, invest some sweat equity in a lot of situations, yeah. but you're going to need someone with money. So it's kind of, if if you want to be involved, you're going to have to have a way of, of making money, creating that capital for investment. And so, you know, in your instance, you used medical sales and, and a lot of people do that. Like I'm going to go into sales or whatever it is, they're going to go into something, that has, it's generally a high paying job. um, And and oftentimes sales are commission based. And so you have the ability Mm -hmm. to push yourself as much as you want, or as little as you want for the results that you want. So it it really is a great plan. And the fact that you sort of had that (laughs) awareness to come up with that plan at a a young age, because the other, really, really important thing I think investing and you touched on it is just time, right? So absolutely. Yeah. Starting at 20 versus starting at 40. If you want to reach the same place at 50 or 60, you're going to have to be playing catch up the whole time. If you started at 40, where you can go really pretty easy if you start early. So I, I I love that you said that. And it's something that I, I love to, you know, kind of emphasize to, to young people, like do something, just Get a little bit invested, like start thinking about it at an early age and it'll make your life a lot easier, you know, kind of here in your thirties and your forties.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's a great point. And you touched on something, Jason, and I actually put a framework together around this, which I can share with the audience here a little bit later before we end up. But, you know, I was, I was speaking a couple of weeks ago at a local real estate meeting and I got kind of some, some pushback uh, when I said this, but I said, look, if you, if if you're not already. You need to become accredited. You need to make more money, and the the three tenets of the next level income strategy are make more money, keep more money, and grow your money, which is how we you know kind of put together the framework and the course that we have now. But I said I said to this uh, audience member, I said, if you're not already making over two hundred thousand dollars, you have to figure it out. And she was she just retired from teaching. Okay, she went into real as a real estate agent, and her eyes she like almost fell back like out of her seat. And she's like, I can't even like imagine that. And I said, Well, you have to like you have to figure out how to get there because, you know, the fact of the matter is, if you don't have money to invest, you have to invest your time. Or like you said, Jason, you have to find somebody to to partner with. It's usually a lot easier to come up with a skill, or increase your earnings in your profession, or have a side business, or a combination of all of the above, where you where you create more capital, where you come that. Because look, if if you're making seventy five thousand dollars a year you're paying taxes and you're trying to live off 50,000 supporting a family. It's a lot more challenging to invest hundred thousand dollars in that scenario because you don't have it. Than if you're making $200,000 a year. So I, I've found for me, for most people, you know, that are um, probably listening that are professionals that are working. It's usually easier to grab that low hanging fruit and increase the earnings that you have so that you can invest and then optimize your after tax income than going and, and trying to buy money, or I'm sorry, buy real estate, no money down, which which certainly is possible. It certainly is, but it's it's not really that scalable. And that's a, right. we can talk lots about that.
0: Yeah. No, it's a great point. It, and, it, you know, not to mention, so yes, uh, and I can understand why she would push back, right? Because I don't want to tell yeah. people that don't make $200,000 a year that they can't or shouldn't invest, right? They should, they no, should I'm invest, no. yeah. but- the point being if you want to sort of add fuel to that fire you've got to figure out a way to make more money eventually the idea Absolutely. is that that investment those investments that you make become the more money but in the beginning you've got to figure out a way to to generate more income the other thing is if you become accredited you simply there are more opportunities and w- whether it's fair so, or not there are more opportunities i it's a it's a rules, rule yeah. from the sec that i that i hate i think it's a uh, very misguided. You're you're able to, you're able to lose all your money if you're not accredited in the stock market. You can do that tomorrow, but if yep. it, if you want to invest in a safer, <laughs> more predictable vehicle, now you've got to jump through all these hoops to be able to do it. So, I, yeah, that, that's a. I agree you with know, you on that. A <laughs> little bit of a soapbox thing, but it, it's it really doesn't make sense to me. I you know I show I show investors these these PPMs and stuff that we that we have to give them for our investment opportunities, and. It's it's daunting, and yet you can download Robinhood on your phone now, put a whole bunch of money into it, and put it on whatever you want, and potentially lose it. And so, it yeah. just doesn't it doesn't Stop. make sense to me, <laughs> right? Exactly. That's that's the the easy example there. But but yeah, it it just doesn't make sense to me that that that's where they where the rules are. Regardless, uh, not important to, to to harp on that now. But I think the the point being a really good one that you said, like, get accredited, which Ultimately, two hundred thousand if you're single, three hundred thousand a year if you're a married couple, um, or a million dollars in net worth, not including your your primary residence. So important for people to know just what that means because I've met plenty of investors that I, if I ask them if they're accredited, they don't know, and I probably didn't know five years ago what that meant either. So even though I technically was, I didn't know what it meant. So it was it's one of those things that I think isn't well defined either. Um, So. When you you know, so you're you're speaking in an event, you're telling them in and what what actionable advice would you give to that woman that was sort of thrown back as as what do, okay, what do I do? Yeah. What what can I do to increase that income and yeah. get to that next level?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, first of all, I gave her a free copy of my my coaching course. So I did I gave her that to help her help her on her way, but um let's let's break it down further okay so first off she's a realtor she's a real estate agent right so you know she needs to she i guess her first problem in my mind jason i spoke with her for quite a while afterward is that she wasn't surrounded with the right people you need to be in a group of people that knows what is possible and knows how it it can become possible like if you if you want to get to that point or at least they're supportive right if you have friction if you have resistance to that if your friends are telling you your family's telling you Oh no, you can't, like, you're not gonna be able to do that. Like, don't listen to that. You're gonna lose all your money. This and... Then you gotta get new friends. You gotta get new support system that you're around. Maybe that means hiring a coach. Maybe that means going like this This woman was going to this meetup, right? Perfect. I said, listen, all the support, all the money you need is in this room, okay? That was perfect. So she's already doing that. That that step is correct, okay? Um, the second thing that a person in that circumstance needs to do is she probably needs to get coaching in how to grow her real estate business as quickly as possible. Because if she's sitting there basically arguing with me that this isn't a reasonable amount of money as a real estate agent, well, I used to be a licensed real estate agent. That is certainly a very reasonable amount of money to make as a, as a real estate agent. And by the way, her husband still works too. So she doesn't make have to just make 200 grand by herself. Her husband could, could make up part of the difference if they count on that 300,000 um, as a couple for the accreditation process. So that's the other thing. And then, just like you, Jason, you know, you 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 went to school for a long time, right, right. to get to the point where you were making a, a healthy income in a very specialized area. Well, it took me five years of working before I was working and making enough money to become accredited in in my profession. So I went to grad school, and then I got out and I worked for a couple of years, kind of entry level, and then. I hit a point where I was like, okay, I'm in the role that I wanna be in. It took me about five years total to get to the point where I could make over $200,000 a year. Now granted this was 10 years ago, but here's the cool thing. The SEC, You know, I agree with what you said earlier, but they still haven't raised that limit from what it was 20 years ago when I first learned about it. So earning $200,000 today versus when I first learned about it, it's more like 125,000 probably or 150,000, which is way more reasonable. it was so it's definitely more achievable now than it was 20 years ago so then that brings me to my next point you can do both so while i was trying to get to the point where i was being being uh to be accredited i was going out and buying single family properties that i could afford with the money i had at the time and i was managing them while i was learning about some of these syndications these other strategies that were out there now i would argue it took me too long to do that because i had my head down I was growing my business, my profession, my family, we'd moved to Asheville. So I was doing some other stuff, Um, you know, but you can do that. And then here's the other thing, you know, when we did start investing, Jason, yeah, we could save $50,000 here, maybe $100,000 in over a year, but we wanted to be able to invest more faster. My wife went back to work as an architect. The first year she went back to work after having our two kids, after paying taxes and childcare we lost $11,000 with her working. We lost $11,000. It was crazy. And I was like, I'm, I gotta, I'm sitting here having a conversation with my wife who went to school longer than I did about how it doesn't make financial sense for her to work. So we decided, okay, we got to find a better way. She started her own practice and we started building spec homes at the time to create more capital to invest. So again, we were we were learning. I was growing my own income and we were investing with the capital that we were growing from our side businesses. So we were doing multiple things all at once. And that was the advice I gave this woman was, here's what you need to do, but don't wait five years to say, I'm going to learn how to invest. Start to learn how to invest. Look at what your options are. Hey, you're a realtor. If you get some off-market deals that are sweet, find a partner with money. Like you were saying earlier, you can go and you can buy this deal together. You can bring them an off-market deal potentially. You, You both make money. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can do it, but you know, you don't have to just do one thing. You can do
0: a bunch of things all at once. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I guess I would add, add one thing to that. What she needs to do. Maybe first of all is believe that it's achievable, right. Is get her correct. Yeah. That was the mindset thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, that's exactly right. If she's coming to the meetup and, and saying, oh no, that's not possible. Well, glad you're at the meetup because that that's the first thing that has to shift. You have to believe yeah. and and believe. Yeah. You know, set your sights at okay. Well, I'm going to make four hundred thousand, and and if you fail, you failed enough that's to right. be accredited and still and still that's be right. do all the, yeah. achieve all these things. So yeah, I, I think it's just and and I think she's obviously in the right place. She came to the meetup. She spoke with you. Like, Absolutely. she's doing the right thing. so that's great. But that's the kind of stuff that. I, I think that's common. I think there's a lot of people that that mm-hmm. probably aren't at the meetup and they might hear this and they're like, there's no way I'll ever make 200,000. And it's like, well, no, not if you just refuse to believe you will or try. Like you, you, yeah. you are going to have to yeah. put some work into it unless you yeah. <laughs> have a trust fund. But yeah, it's going to have yeah. to be, there's going to have to be some steps that you take to do it. But but it is doable, right? it is it is absolutely very possible. yeah,
1: and it might take, yeah, it might take a while. but that's what's so amazing about the time we live in. Jason, just your your podcast, right? It lets people know that it is achievable, it gives people the resources, the knowledge. That's the same reason we do our podcast is to introduce people to concepts, to resources, to individuals, to information so that they not only believe that it's real, but also they can figure out how to make it real.
0: Yeah, it's it. it this uh, it's, it's a really good point. I mean, at this point, you can't say the information is not available because it's you, it's almost, it's more accurate to say you can't escape it. It's a, it's literally everywhere. So, um, being using that to your advantage is is really the key. Um, so you started with single families and then went into into syndicating. Um, what's your, what's your strategy? I guess what's your strategy at this point yeah. in terms of, you know, where are you investing? What kind of, what kind of uh, asset classes and things?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we did our first syndication. We closed on our first deal in 2016 with my first partner, Jason. And if you read my book, you'll read and you're like, well, this is all about multifamily, which that was our primary focus starting out. I still love the demographics of multifamily. I know you know what I'm talking about. And it's really the it's really the book is about the value add strategy. So it's kind of like the Warren Buffett strategy of investing, you know, or Benjamin Graham is probably more accurate. And, you know, it's like Warren Buffett. It's kind of boring. It's not super sexy. But at the same time, there is something very appealing to me about buying a cash flow positive business. We just bought a a local car wash here, for instance, cash flow positive. I'm bringing in my partner. We're going to make some upgrades to several different aspects of the business. We're going to increase the net operating income through an increase in in revenue, decrease of expenses. We do the same thing that we do in multifamily, do the same thing in self-storage. We also do the same thing in mobile home parks, and uh, we're also syndicating car washes now as well. So really it's it's the same value add strategy that can be applied to multiple asset classes in kind of these boring cash flow businesses. That have predictable income, they have predictable entry and exit multiples within a degree, right? We know cap rates can go up and down, and um, multi- multiples of uh, EBITDA or NOI can go up and down, but within a range, you know, you know that it's predictable. And then, you know, just following, you know, some simple rules and strategies like having fairly low leverage, high operating reserves, so we can we can weather little storms that are going um, through things here or there, and also being diversified. Um, is another another tenant that we follow as well
0: yeah yeah and it, it's a uh, all of those are are actually really great especially i think uh in this time that we're in where things are a little bit uncertain um you know being diversified having those good operating reserves i think is key right because yeah, things are people are people that are highly leveraged with no reserves are, are getting a little stuck right now um yeah not not wishing negative things on people, but it's going to become opportunities for other people that are are not overleveraged and and uh, have reserves. So it's something to keep in mind. Yeah,
1: let me if if you don't mind, I want to kind of take this full circle a little bit. So we kind of touched very briefly on, you know, some of the you know bad practices that can happen in, in sports or business and those sorts of things. And you know one one of my favorite books is uh, Anti-Fragile by Nassim Taleb. And he talks about how you don't want to be, you don't want to get blown out, right? Like you want to live to fight another day, essentially. And I think that if you're cheating, you know, whether you're cheating in business, you're cheating in sports or whatever it might be, you know, that's not an anti-fragile. That is not a robust strategy because if you get caught, you lose it all. You can't, you can't fight. You can't play the game the next day. Right. So. I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of wisdom if you look at that and you have that approach. So whether it's, you know, you're applying it to your life, you're applying it to sports, your career or investing, you need to have a robust strategy that's going to allow you to get up, to fight, to play and continue to play that game. Because if you think about it, it's kind of like the old, old little cute story where you got two friends run away from a bear and the one stops to put on shoes. His other friend says, Hey, you're not going to outrun the bear. And He goes, "I'm going to outrun you." <laughs> it's like all you have to do is be able to fight the next day when somebody can't get up off the mat and fight and you're going to be able to find those deals that other people can't find.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, call it preparedness, call it, you know, sort of <laughs> strategizing, but but ultimately it's it's just being putting yourself in a position to succeed and, you know, not absolutely. kind of getting yourself Sort of buried in in speculation, I suppose. Um, you, uh, I, I read this in your bio, and I, I think it's actually a good thing to talk about. But um, uh, infinite banking, um, something that yeah, you're using as a strategy in in your real estate investing. I think, um, as we talked about earlier, you know, you have the 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 person at the meetup that doesn't believe they can become accredited. I think infinite banking is something that people hear about and think. Uh, that that can never, that can't be me. I I, I don't never get to that level. The reality is that it can, but um, again, you have to believe it. So maybe just talk about that a little bit. And I think that would be a good thing for for the listeners to hear.
1: Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot kind of underlying the infinite banking strategy, and we call we call our, our specific use of that strategy the investment optimizer. So if you kind of if you kind of peel back the the names and all that stuff, what it is, Jason. You you probably know this, but it is the application of, of whole life insurance and using it, using it in a fashion where you maximize the cash value inside these policies. Now, you have to remember that you know, I'm a person who lost their father at age five. So I acutely know the value of life insurance. And I also acutely know that the fact that I'm here today and I've outlived my father by over three years, you know, there's, there's something to that. So I know that there are realities in life and I want to protect my family against those, those potential realities or downsides that can occur. So I really see the value of life insurance. If you don't need life insurance, the strategy is probably not for you. So I'll start off by saying that. Um, but what, what the strategy does is, and if you're working with an agent that understands this, it basically pays for itself, or it's, it's actually a positive return, especially if you have money sitting in a bank account in between deals, so you can put that money to work in a life life insurance policy, and it's going to pay for itself. But what you do is you maximize the cash value of these policies. And instead of letting the cash sit in a bank, once you start these policies, after about 24 months, every dollar you put in, you can pull back out dollar for dollar. So it takes about two years to do that. So once you get through that initial period, there's fees involved, you're paying for the insurance. So like you're exchanging something for that value that you get. But then we've been doing it for 13 years now, Jason, every dollar we put in it comes back out, we put it into an investment. And then it goes right back into these policies. So it grows the cash value inside the policies. It also is we're able to deploy it into investments. We're never sitting on a pile of cash that's being eroded by inflation, because it's always inside our our policies, generating a return. I was just looking at my returns, because the stock market's down. um, And I looked at the comparison, we outperform the stock market by over 100 basis points. You know, if you look at kind of, uh, Pre-COVID to today. Now that's a that's a snapshot. You know, I'm not going to say that. it's always going to be that way, but you know, typically after tax returns inside of these policies, even if you don't do anything with them, um, is positive. But you know, you kind of brought up a point. It's a lot like insurance. It's a lot like um, real estate. If you start these policies early, the premiums stable. It's flat, just like if you buy a piece of real estate, your mortgage for 30 years is stable. It's flat you pay it off, you pay these insurance policies off, essentially, they're fully paid for, then you have access to that equity in your policies. So if you're listening, and you understand real estate, you actually understand exactly how this strategy works. You take out a policy, you have a flat premium, you grow your equity in that policy over time, you pay it off fully, you pay off the expense fully, then you can access that equity, just like you can access the equity in your home. You might be thinking, well, yeah, Chris, but I got to borrow the money out. You do, but the difference is, or the similarity is, even if you borrow money out of your home, the equity out of your home, your home can still go up in value. It's the same thing. If you borrow money out of your insurance policy, the equity still goes up in value um, year after year. So uh, we actually have a page dedicated to this on our website on the banking section. And in our course, I dedicate a whole module to it because it really, it's the application of it, Jason, that that makes the most value. If you start these policies and you never use them, they're good there's value inside of them. But if you start these policies, you know how to use them and you multiply that value by also investing in cash flow real estate at the same time, it's, it's breathtaking the kind of value that you can create inside of these.
0: Yeah. And, and I think just to sort of make sure this point is, is heard is Mm -hmm. when you take out, we take out that money, you borrow against the policy. The policy is growing based on like dividends and whatever that insurance company uses. So, That growth continues, and it doesn't. It doesn't lessen. The growth that you have isn't lessened by taking that, you know, borrowing against the policy. So I think that's it's an important thing that that maybe people just like a house, yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's like a little bit. I I find a little bit hard to understand, but and it does take time. And and same thing, I think using it as a house analogy is perfect because it takes you time to build up equity in your house as well to be able to borrow against. It's the same thing on these policies. You're going to have the policy. For a number of years before you're able to do this. But once you get to that point, it's, you're essentially almost double dipping, you're, you're getting the, the returns of the policy oh, itself, absolutely. which yeah. aren't, uh, you know, those returns aren't huge. But if you then take that money, and it's getting a little bit, and then you're using money that's getting a little bit to gain your, you know, grow your real estate portfolio, well, yeah. now you're, you're essentially doubly growing that those returns.
1: Exactly. And then the thing is, it's like, if you have, if you have a couple hundred thousand dollars of cash sitting in a bank account that you're using for your emergency fund, your cash cushion or your investment fund, you can, you can put that money to work. So a lot of people, what they find is they're like, oh, well, I kind of have most of the cash I need to to set something like this up. And, you know, you, you made a comment. It's like, well, if you start this policy, you know, you might have to, you know, contribute to it for a while, but also there's, it's a way to start these policies. There is a way to start these policies. Where you can actually put put money in and get cash back out in a month. Yep. So yeah, and there's there's a lot of different options. Again, this is we could talk about that for multiple right. shows as right. as we have on our podcast as well.
0: No, and that and that's a great point that there's there are are ways around that time in the policy. There are yep. ways to make it happen quickly. Yep. You have to you have to have the money, but but yes, there are yep. ways to make it happen quicker yep. than than years. But it's Absolutely. it's just. It's something that I think, you know, having people know that it's out there and then finding, yeah. you know, the appropriate agent to help you set that type right. of policy up is, is really yeah. the most important and thing.
1: L- I'll underscore kind of the first thing I said, Jason, real quick, which is it. it is a strategy, but really it's a tool. A lot of people say, oh, it's this investment and I can beat this investment doing other stuff. I don't really look at it like investment. I look at it like a tool. And if you look at it like a tool, you can assess the cost to utilize that tool. Because if you look at it like an investment, you also have to look at the insurance component. Like an investment and my best friend's wife died three years into his, into the policies that he started, these, these specific policies, you probably don't want to ask somebody like that. Hey, what was your return on your wife's death when that happened? Right. Because it's not, again, and if you wouldn't ask that question, then you shouldn't say, oh, let's use this. Let's look at this like an investment. It's just not that.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're sort of skimming over some of the other components of these policies. Obviously there's a death benefit. There's the, absolutely the cash value the, the what i had one of these policies before i knew i could use it to invest in real estate but basically oh, the the way yeah. that they sort of me too <laughs> sold yeah the way they sort of sold it to me was like it, yeah. as a retirement policy you can take yeah. that cash value and, and you can that's still true yeah. like you can take that cash value out uh at some point against the policy and so the money you've put in you you're, you're essentially taking it in as income so it's um there's a lot of there's it's it is a tool as you said and it it can be a pretty powerful tool if you can figure out how to use it right um and yeah the 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 idea of of the um you know your your friend's wife like it's a touchy subject too i I had the same because my uh my broker was like well do you want to get policies from your for your kids and i was like hmm the idea of profiting somehow and if my kids were to die like no thank you and so uh, i've had to I, I i still really struggle with that part of it is it's just like sure. do yeah. we get them for our kids to use as the tool yeah. not because mm-hmm. i want you know i don't i don't want yeah. money i don't you know i don't want to even think about you know that sort of type of tragedy but yeah. it it is something that it's it's probably hard for people to um you know sometimes uh come to grips with with the the emotional component of it in yeah. that it's, it is associated potentially with, with, you know, someone dying.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's a, it is. And that's the reality. And it's probably, um, probably because of what I've been through, it, it's a little bit easier for me to kind of acknowledge that reality. And, and know that it may be there. But again, you know it is kind of weird when you look at it and you say, well, let's see, because you can actually calculate what the return would be based on the year that you die. And that's really weird to do, I think. Right. So oh, it's, yeah. no, and it's certainly you, not something a lot of people want to do. They give you so,
0: exactly like they give you this piece of paper that tells you like for every it literally I can look at my policy and say, what is the best year for me to die for my family? Like I can look right at it and say, okay, this is oh. where you get the most money in this year of don't money. don't
1: show your wife that that right, piece right, of paper. Exactly.
0: <laughs> it's a it's kind of a scary thing because they do they do yeah. put it in it. And I frankly yeah. again, I don't I don't want to see that on my kids. Like I don't want to see yeah. it written yeah. out no, on a piece of paper. Yeah. Like if my kids die at this particular age, like it's so it is it is a bit of a scary thing and you have to yeah. You know put it put it in that part in the back of your mind and, and use it as the tool that that it can be so i think that's and absolutely that's, i think that's probably why infinite banking sounds a lot nicer than like how is my life insurance policy going to be used as a you know for an investment tool um sure but uh yeah but it is it is a powerful tool and and if people want to to yeah. go you know look into it they should um Chris, let me switch gears here so I get the chance yeah. to ask you uh, all the questions that I like to ask each guest. Uh, the first one uh, is based on the name of the show being "Know Your Why," and so I always ask each guest, you know, what is your why? What what motivates you and drives you towards success?
1: Yeah. So today it's my two boys. They're soon to be eleven and thirteen. So actually, probably eleven when because uh, just just in a couple of weeks here. So when this when the show comes out, my youngest coming team. up. Yeah, absolutely. Poor little guy. He's uh, right around Christmas, but we make it special for him. Um, So yeah, I mean, again, you know, kind of touching on that same, same subject. You know, I didn't, I didn't get to know my father. So having the ability to spend the time with my children and, you know, especially at this age, which if you're listening and you have kids that are, you know, kind of in that age, you know, they're, they're old enough where you can hang out with them. You can have fun with them. You can you know, do stuff with them. We got a ski trip planned here in a couple of weeks, which I'm really excited about. So my day-to-day, my why is 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 certainly my boys, my family, my wife. But you know, from a larger perspective, Jason, I think, you know, what I came to realize was, you know, once I was once I was financially independent, I got to live life on my own terms, I became a better person because I got to make choices from a more idealistic perspective. And I think that. You know, if you have that ability, if you can wake up every day and do what you're truly meant to do and what you enjoy doing, most people, again, there's some people that are going to use, you know, their, their powers for, for ill, if you will, but most people are going to live a better life and you're going to be able to impact more people. So my goal is to impact as many people as possible, empower them with that knowledge so that they can ultimately live their best lives.
0: Fantastic. Um, Tell us something about yourself, Chris, that it isn't common knowledge, uh, special skill, a hobby. I know you were a cyclist. So um, maybe you have some, something else that you've picked up in the meantime.
1: Yeah, um, well, I don't know. it. So you guys know about me being a cyclist, but I think a lot of people, if they listen to, you know, kind of what I teach and what I talk about on, on a day-to-day basis, people are like, yeah, Chris is a capitalist. Like he's into money. I'm also an environmentalist. Love the environment. Love spending time outside. You know, cycling is a wonderful way to, you know, get out into nature and really explore it, explore, enjoy it. Um, I rafted the Grand Canyon. I did three weeks. This is one of my favorite, um, areas back here behind me in that picture. Cool. Uh, one of the places we camped called Tor weep, uh, grand razor overlook in that specific picture. Um, yeah, I got my, uh, got my church to start recycling when I was 12 years old. So very early on. So yeah, people kind of laugh. They're like, yeah, some people here in Asheville call me a conservative, and then some of my friends that are more conservative call me a hippie. So I kind of like, uh, I kind of, I kind of like it that way. I like kind of make people line. guess a little bit. Yeah. that's right. The exactly. Conservative
0: hippie. That can be your new. Uh, there you go. I'm the conservative hippie. Yeah, should there we
1: go? Hashtag conservative hippie. Put that. Put that in the show notes. There you
0: go. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, in Asheville. It, it, doesn't make sense to live in Asheville if you're not uh, into the outdoors and you know that kind of. It's a it's a beautiful. Oh, yeah, area. it's a wonderful
1: place to enjoy it for sure.
0: <laughs> when uh, when people hear this, Chris, and they want to reach out to you, what's the best what's the best way? We'll put whatever you want in the show notes.
1: Yeah. So uh, our website super easy. Nextlevelincome.com, nextlevelincome.com next You can check out our podcast, get a free copy of our book. And Jason, you can't get this yet on the website, but we have our course coming out here in just a couple of weeks. And I'm going to send you a link here and what you can do to get special early access to that course. Also, you're going to get $500 off the course. You can use code Jason J A S O N. And I'll give you the link to do that. And that course is going to walk through tips to help you make more money tax strategies, insurance strategies, estate planning strategies to keep more money. And then we're also gonna walk you through active and passive options to grow your money. And we're also launching our new deal analyzer spreadsheet. So you can go through, you can take all the qualitative metrics to analyze syndicators, operators that are out there, put them in a quantitative metric. And then it's also gonna spit out how many years until you're financially independent. So that's all included in the course. Um, Again, you can use the, the link in the show notes here. And code Jason, capital J A S O N, and you're going to get five hundred dollars off that course.
0: Awesome, thank you. I'm sure people will really appreciate that. Yeah, uh, yeah we'll we'll certainly put that in the show notes. Um, last question for you: What is a piece of advice you would give to someone who is looking to get started in real estate? want to want to get going, and, and they're maybe a little bit stuck. And, and I guess we sort of touched on some of this with the woman from your meetup, but uh, you yeah, you know kind of what what would you tell someone who's who's listening to this and they and they say, yeah, you know what? I think I want to get into this.
1: Yeah. So first off, you know, look at all the options that are out there, you know, figure out, okay, do I like, am I kind of handy? Do I like to do fixer uppers? You know, is that something that I'm interested in? Maybe I buy a house and I fix it up myself and I flip it within two years and I, I double my money tax-free because I use the, the excuse me, $250,000 tax exemption with your own uh, property. Maybe you, you're listening to Jason's show and you want to invest with him or do a syndication. And you say, okay, that's, that's my strategy. Cause I enjoy what I do. I'm really good at doing that. I want to make some more money and do that, but pick something that makes sense for you. Find somebody who's already done it and, or is doing it and then reach out to them, work with them and then move forward. And what's going to happen. It's not going to feel perfect right away. Most likely it's like that first date. You're a little nervous. You're like, I don't know. Is this the right person? Is this not the right person? do I want to go on another date. Do I not want to go on another date? you know, you get married, you know, it's, it's still challenging. I've been with my wife for, oh geez, 20, 21 years now. So it's been, yeah, over two Hopefully decades. you got that
0: right. We'll have to edit it That's right. It yeah. Is. I
1: had to do the math real quick, but it still takes work, right? There, right. there's, there's days that I'm sure she's like, I don't know. I don't know if Chris is the right guy for me today, <laughs> but yeah. cause it takes work, right? It takes work yeah. to do that. So my point is, even when you make that first step, you're going to have to do it with a little bit of faith, and then you're going to have to keep learning. You know, when I made when I wired that first fifty thousand dollars, it was super nerve wracking, and I kept learning more, kept learning more about the investments, listened to all the all the calls, and you know, read all the reports, and had my wife do it. So again, learn, choose a strategy, find somebody to do it with, and take that action, and then repeat. Keep learning about it you know, keep generating more capital and keep doing it. And what's going to happen, that flywheel that you generate, it might start off kind of slow, but in five, 10, 20 years, it's going to be so big. You will bring change not only to your life, but to the lives of those that come after you and your, your other generations.
0: Yeah. hundred percent agree. hundred percent agree. It's going to feel really slow in the beginning, but once you get that momentum, it's, it really does pick up fast. It's that, that power of compounding that, the way that curve worked that you mentioned in the beginning, it it really is kind of uh, amazing. amazing. Um, well, Chris, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on the show today. I appreciate everything. I appreciate uh, all that you've shared. It's been been an awesome conversation.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. And everyone listening, uh, if you like this episode, please like, rate, and review. Uh, that way we can get it out to more people. Thank you. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.